0: Would you open your Bibles, please, to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 12 to 24? Luke chapter 14, verses 12 to 24. And would you stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir... What you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we pray that you would take your word, your holy word, and plant it deep in our hearts by your spirit, and that you would bring forth wonderful and beautiful fruit for the glory of our Christ. Give us ears to hear what the spirit is saying through the word. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Luke chapter 14, verses 1 to 24, we have an occasion. A dinner at a Pharisee's house, and Jesus was invited, and there were many people there. It was on a Sabbath, we see in chapter 14, verse 1, one Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, which of you having a son, or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out, and they could not reply to these things. So he speaks to the lawyers and the Pharisees, but next he speaks to those who were invited, the guests. And he says in verse seven, now he told a parable to those who were invited, when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So he speaks to the the lawyers, the Pharisees, and the guests. And then he speaks to the man who had invited him. Verse 12, he said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends, or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just." We're so accustomed to trying to put ourselves in places of honor, to sit in places of honor, to grab for prestige and position, to put ourselves in the path of advancement and success. We're so accustomed to surrounding ourselves with people just like us and people who can benefit us. We overlook some, we marginalize others, we avoid and we even shun, we're caught up in the way of the world. And yet Jesus teaches us that the way of the kingdom is a way of humility and patience, kindness and generosity selflessness, and servanthood. It's not the way of the world. In fact, even talking about it may want, may make you want to change the subject. To avoid shining the light on your own heart. Have you ever wanted to change the subject? when somebody is talking about the way of the kingdom and it starts to make you uncomfortable. Jesus teaches us that the way of the kingdom is the way of humility. And he's teaching them through these parables. And Luke tells us in this text that that's exactly what happened at the dinner party at the Pharisee's house. They were getting uncomfortable. One of the dinner guests changed the subject with a wonderful and happy thought and one that is very true. Look at verse 15. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. (laughs) Happy. Is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Yes, it's so true. Everyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God, who dines at the table, who's at the banquet, is happy, is blessed of God. And Jesus takes the opportunity with this true statement to tell a parable about a man who sent out invitations to a great banquet. Right now is the season of invitations. Our refrigerator is covered with save-the-date announcements. And on each of the -the save-the-date announcements, it says, formal invitation to follow. The announcement goes out the date is coming it's an important date we want you to be there you need to reserve it on your calendar you need to be ready prioritize it don't schedule anything on that date because we want you to be there and that's exactly what's happening here in this parable and that was not just what is the the normal way of doing things now beginning in the mid-2000s that's when say the dates began to be popular that was the way in ancient history the way that invitations went out a servant would go out to invite the people who were to be invited to the banquet and say save the date. it's coming and we'll tell you when it's ready when the banquet is ready we'll come and tell you so that you won't miss it the great banquet in the parable is a metaphor for salvation. Jesus is talking about salvation. The save the date announcement was sent to the people of Israel by the word of God, spoken by the prophets, and written as holy scriptures. It's on every page of the Old Testament. Save the date. Be ready. He's coming, he's coming, be ready. Genesis 3.15 promises that one is coming who will crush the serpent's head. Second Samuel chapter seven, verses 12 to 13 is the Davidic covenant, the promise to David that there is one coming from his line who will sit on the throne forever and ever, an everlasting kingdom. In Isaiah chapter 7, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. Daniel chapter 9, there's an anointed one coming who will be cut off. Isaiah 53, there's one coming who will bear the iniquity of his people, who will stand in their place, who will be a substitutionary and sacrificial atonement in the place of sinners. All we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned to our own ways. And the iniquity of us all has been laid on Him, on Jesus. The promise of one coming, a Messiah who would come and bear the sins of His people. Psalm 2, Psalm 22, it's all over the Scriptures. The promise of salvation. Believe the promise, the Scriptures say. Prioritize the promise. Anticipate its fulfillment. Be ready for His coming is the message of the Old Testament. But just like we have the, say, the date announcements that go out and say the formal, formal invitation will follow, the formal invitation was sent to the people of Israel by the Word of God, made flesh. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The formal invitation has gone out. Salvation is here. Come, the banquet is ready. Come, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. The time is now. John chapter one, verse 11 and following says, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let's look back at the parable. Verse 16. But he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited. Do you see the say the date and the formal announcement or the formal invitation? He sent his servant to those who had already been invited. They were supposed to be ready. He says, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. He's very polite, but it's an excuse. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. Again, polite, but an excuse. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Now, this was a great banquet, this wasn't military service, that was just an excuse. It's kind of like when you're in high school and you call and ask a young lady on a date and she says, I can't come, I'm drying my hair. You know she doesn't want to go with you. It's an excuse. And the master, so the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. The master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. The parable serves, number one, as an indictment on Israel's rejection of their Messiah and a warning to anyone who receives an invitation and responds with excuses. It's an indictment on Israel and a warning to anyone who receives the invitation but responds with excuses. See, he came to his own and his own received him not. He came to His own that the the save-the-date had gone out to them in every page of Old Testament Scripture. They should have been ready. They should have been waiting. They should have prioritized their lives around the promise. And yet they didn't believe the promise, and that's why they weren't ready. There were some who were ready. They were waiting for the consolation of Israel, Zechariah, Elizabeth, Anna, Simeon. They were waiting. They were anticipating the arrival of the Christ. But the masses, the majority, rejected him. They didn't want him. They wanted somebody else. They wanted a different kind of deliverer. One who would come and, and sit on a horse and deliver them from Roman oppression. A military ruler who would deliver them. Not a suffering servant who would die in the place of sinners and be raised again on the third day. That's not what they were looking for an indictment on Israel's rejection of their Messiah, and a warning to anyone who receives an invitation and responds with excuses. And you say, hey, that doesn't pertain to me. I'm not Jewish, and I don't live in the first century, so I'm excused. The message has been extended. It's been extended to you. The invitation has been extended to you. Do you respond with delight and expectation? Do you love the promise that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ in his life, death, and resurrection? Are you longing for his return? Is he your hope and expectation? Is He your security for life now and life everlasting? Is He your abundant life? Have you found rest in Him? Or have you made excuses and rejected Him? Pushed aside the message, it's not for me. It's a warning to anyone including us. If you're here today and you're still making excuses, stop, today is the day of salvation. Repent of your sins and turn to Jesus Christ for salvation. But the parable also serves as number two, an encouragement to anyone who responds to the invitation with delight and perseverance. Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you've commanded has been done. They've come in and there's still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Now, we don't want to overcomplicate the parable and allegorize it to the extent where there's a one to one correspondence with everything. But most scholars agree, generally agree, that Jesus is talking about the Jews and the Gentiles, the insiders and the outsiders. The Jews being the ones who had received the invitation and the outsiders being the ones that are among the highways and hedges outside the city. And so this parable serves as an encouragement. To anyone who responds to the invitation with delight and perseverance, they've come. They're delighted to be there. And they persevere and they stay there. They arrange their schedules around it. They see the value of the invitation, the value of the occasion. Nothing else is as important. They prioritize it. But number three, the parable serves as an imperative to the church to go out and extend the offer of salvation to everyone, both to Jews and to Gentiles, the likely, the unlikely, the poor, the crippled and lame and blind, everyone, all sinners need to have an invitation everyone. You see, we don't pick and choose who we invite based on whether we think they'll respond and come. It's irrelevant. The invitation goes out to all. God is responsible for the response to the invitation by His sovereign grace. No one will respond apart from His grace. And man is responsible for his response as well. Excuses. Man is responsible for that. God is sovereign and man is responsible. Our job as the church is to tell everyone. I want to give us three motivations to get out there and invite. A lot of times we think it's hard, it's hard to share the gospel. I'm afraid to share the gospel. I don't know how they're going to respond, but even in this parable, there's some motivation for us to just get out there and invite everybody. Number one, the banquet is ready. Verse 17. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. With the coming of Jesus, salvation has come. The banquet is ready. Now we live in an already but not yet time. Salvation is here and it's coming. And one day, we're, we're looking for the return of Christ where salvation will come in full. The fullness will be here. And one day, we will sit at a banquet. A big banquet. And John sees this banquet in Revelation chapter 19, verse six. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. The first motivation is that the banquet is ready. Salvation is here. Abundant life begins now. The joy, the abundance, the fellowship, the celebration, the feasting is ready to be tasted and enjoyed Now, today is the day of salvation. It's already, but not yet. It's coming in full. And we who have tasted, wait with expectation. We long for his return. We hope for that day. Number two, the second motivation is this. There's still room. Verse 22. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done, and there is still room. That's a motivation. The banquet is ready, and there's still room at the table. The door has not been shut. The invitations are still going out. The people of the highways and the hedges are still yet to be reached there's still an opportunity to receive the gift of salvation. There's coming a day when the door will shut. In fact, in Romans chapter 11, Paul says, I don't want you to be unaware of a mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the number of Gentiles has come in until the full number of the Gentiles has come in and then a deliverer will come from Zion and all Israel will be saved. It's a a partial hardening. There still are Jewish people being saved even from the days of the New Testament until now. There are people coming to faith. But there is coming a day when the full number of the Gentiles has come in. When the gospel has gone to the ends of the earth, and all peoples, tongues, nations, and languages have received the message of salvation, have received the invitation. And they come in, and the door is shut. But until that day, there's still room. So we need to get busy and get out and tell everybody this good news of salvation in Jesus. So number one, the banquet is ready. Number two, there's still room. And the third motivation is this, the master wants his house to be filled. Verse 23, and the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. This is the master's desire that his house is filled. A plentiful harvest. A multitude that can't even be numbered. A multitude from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language every seat filled, the greatest feast ever. That's the master's desire. And God will get what he desires by his sovereign grace. And in his wisdom, he has chosen to use his people to extend the offer of salvation to everyone. And that's our responsibility, to go and to tell to go to everyone, to go into the highways and the hedges, and to tell everyone that Jesus saves. The invitation is, there is a good God who has made all people in His image, and all people have rebelled against this good God. We have sinned, we have fallen short of the glory of God, but God loves the world in such a way that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I am a sinner, you are a sinner, God offers salvation to sinners. Will you believe on Jesus Christ and receive forgiveness and eternal life? Please come to the table, come to the Savior now, today. It's our job to extend the offer of salvation to everyone. We can't be too busy and we can't make excuses We've got to get out there and tell. And I know it's uncomfortable. And I know we worry about how people will receive us and think about us and reject us. But the Lord has given us a responsibility. And it's a wonderful responsibility. It's a great privilege. There's a great banquet. And with excitement and expectation and a longing to be there ourselves, we can go out and ask people to join us. I wanna challenge us as a church to invite. Invite people to worship. Invite people to come and experience God in the midst of His people by His Spirit. We go to tell to come to see. Come see the risen Christ reigning over His people and speaking and shepherding His people through His Word. Come and see. Come and see the joy, the gladness, the freedom, the forgiveness. We invite people to church. We invite people to salvation, to receive salvation. Share the gospel. Invite people to receive the good news. Invite people to receive Christ. But I wanna invite those who are here today who have never trusted Christ. You've heard the good news of salvation. William sang about it beautifully. The great exchange our sin on Him, His righteousness on us, that we could receive forgiveness and acceptance by faith in Christ. I wanna invite you to come. I wanna invite you to come to Jesus today to receive salvation so that you'll be in attendance at that great banquet at the marriage supper of the Lamb where we can feast together for eternity. The joy and the excitement begins now, abundant life now, eternal life now. But we'll be together feasting and celebrating Christ forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your Son. We thank you for your Word that reveals to us your plan of salvation and reveals to us the person of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord. And I pray that we would be a faithful church proclaiming the gospel to everyone. Lord, fill us with joy. Fill us with excitement. And I pray that you would move us out and that we would see people come. Lord, our desire is to see people saved. You tell us in your word to delight ourselves in the Lord and you will give us the desires of our hearts. Lord, please let us see people saved right here in our midst and here in Savannah and to the ends of the earth. Lord, let us be a part of that great harvest, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.